What do you do when you have a down quarter? Things didn't go the way you planned and there's tension at the company. That's what Caitlin Will, VP of Marketing at Repsley and I talk about today. When that company has had a down quarter or things maybe didn't go as planned, how do you band back together and get the team all marching in the same direction? It's really interesting. I enjoyed this conversation a lot. We also get into really that relationship between sales and marketing and how that's evolving and what does that look like moving forward and how to have a healthier relationship between those two departments. So if you are a marketing leader, I think this is going to be a great episode for you. And if you want to be a marketing leader, if you're still there and you're like, hey, one day I'm going to do that, this is going to be a great episode. So make sure to sit back and take notes with this one. But before we get into it, as always, we put on the show here at Cave. We're an agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow. We do that primarily through social media. So if you need any help with that, head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to chat. All right, sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Caitlin Will. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited to have you on. Talk about what is going on with regards to sales, relationship with marketing, how that's evolving, the boundaries between those departments. What does that look like? And also get into really how to keep the band together when things maybe don't go as perfectly as we thought, keeping morale mm-hmm. up. Really, how do we do that? And what's our responsibility as marketers and leaders within our company? Mm-hmm. But before we get into all that, I want to let you set the table for the listeners. How did you get into marketing? Was it always the plan? Were you an accidental marketer? Like walk <laughs> me through your journey. No, it wasn't accidental. I think I was like 17 when I decided <laughs> I wanted to go into marketing. Makes no sense. But I was in like creative and artistic things as a young person and just wanted to have that creative side in my work. So went to Boston University and like majored in advertising. You can do that there. And then um, spent 10 years working at agencies and digital marketing companies and had a blast and wanted to kind of just get a chain of environment and take everything I learned working on so many different business models and so many different marketing challenges and go just apply that to one company. So I went over to a B2B SaaS company in Boston called Athena Health. I never really turned back to agency life. Stayed in marketing, evolved my marketing roles, but fell in love with B2B, fell in love with SaaS and haven't left since. I love it. And it is interesting, right? Like I mean, I'm in the agency world. We're an agency, but like mm-hmm. you are pulled a million different directions, a bunch you of really different are. clients. And I always, it's like the grass is always greener thing. Where yeah, I'm exactly. Like, oh, if I could just yeah. focus on one project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I watch some of the work some of my former peers are doing still in the agency life. I'm like, oh my God, they're having so much fun. But I feel like for my like professional career, I just, I wanted to sink my teeth into a business and then solve problems with marketing versus just being told which kind of problems I get to solve and on the agency side. You said something there really interesting. You said, you know, it looks like they're having fun. And that's what I want to segue right into how the appearances in, in B2B and B2C, but of companies is so, you know, everything is cherries and rainbows. We're grinding like blah, blah, blah. We're doing this. We hit this metric. And it's all, um, you know, can sometimes be hot air, right? When behind closed doors, like let's not play. COVID screwed a lot of businesses and like hurt a lot of bottom lines and 
There were layoffs that happened at companies. Like things were real. So I want to talk to you now about how, when things maybe go, you know, things went left for the whole world there. How do you keep morale up within the company? Or what is something that you all have done to be like, hey, let's really like, let's tighten the bonds and let's go through the mud together. Is there anything that you, you, you all have experienced or that you can kind of talk about? Yeah, it's like way harder in this remote world. In prior lives, when we were all working together and morale was tough, you could do things and they were real physical, tangible is the word I'm looking for, things and, and they could have an immediate impact, right? You know, a conversation with someone looking somebody in the eye and relating to them and touching them and like being able to be there for them. You can't do that for a vast majority of our employees. Most of our employees here are still remote and happily so, but it definitely hurts when you're trying to communicate that you know, the quarter may or may not have gone the way we envisioned. And the path there was filled with more, you know, barriers and challenges than we had planned. I think what we're just trying to do, and our CEO does it really well when he gets the company together, is he just keeps them us all focused on our mission and, you know, our principles at the company, and really just tries to just acknowledge the truth, and the truth of the matter, which is if we had a good quarter or a bad quarter, you know, acknowledge what's happening out there and not sugarcoat it. It is, but we're now we're, that is behind us. We're, we're, we've, we've talked about what we've learned and now we're just, everyone just stay focused on the future. So trying to paint the picture of the future while acknowledging where, where we're all sitting is so important. If you don't acknowledge it or you, you sugarcoat it or you try to make it seem like it wasn't as tough or as, uh, you know, you're not putting yourself in the shoes of some of your peers then that stuff's just going to like continue to fester. And even if you succeed in the next quarter, there's still going to be, you know, stuff festering. So I think just airing it out and putting it out there and talking about it, but painting the vision, you just got to keep painting the vision of what the next, what's going to happen next and how we're going to get there is so important too. That's crucial, right? And that's that difference between positivity and optimism, right? We lose an account, let's say at the agency, and I come in and go, it's okay, things are good. And it's like, look, my team's not dumb. Like, yeah, no, right. Yeah. Like they know what's yeah. up. They know we lost the account. Like I Yes. So instead of being like, all right, we lost the account, but we're good. Here's our plan. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and like let's tighten it up together. We got this. Like we Yeah, can and it can it can sometimes be a booster to morale because it's like, you're not gonna get me down. I'm gonna go at this. We're gonna get at this together. That can help too. It's just, you know, doing that in this remote environment, we're still trying to figure that out. How do you get those messages across and re-rally the troops when you're doing it in a group Zoom. Still trying to get that right. I don't know if anyone's gotten that one right. It's so hard. And like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've had close to 200 people on the show and we've talked about remote and things and mm-hmm. everyone's kind of said the same thing. We're like, we're <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants on this one. Like, yeah. I think in five years, we'll be real good at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And now it's like, is this the right move? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, it's so interesting, right? And like, it's going to segues into the next part where we talk about those bonds and the relationships mm-hmm. between coworkers, right? And mm-hmm. kind of regardless of if you're in a company and things are going, you know, a down quarter, up quarter, whatever, the relationship between sales and marketing is mm-hmm. evolving at a crazy, crazy, crazy rate. So mm-hmm. how do you manage that relationship? And it's becoming more intertwined and the roles yeah. have a lot of crossover. Talk to me about like the communication between those roles and how you all tackle it or how you come in and, you know, do you interface with the sales team directly? Is it yeah. you and the VP of sales who are like, okay, we got to game plan this thing. Like walk me through that. Yeah. 
the first thing I'll say is that my last job, I had this like opportunity to work with peers in the sales organization who were amazing. And it would like reopened my eyes on what a sales and marketing positive relationship could be because I had come from a world where they were kind of siloed and, and marketing just did what sales wanted. And, and that might be a little bit of a harsh way to say it, but there wasn't a lot of like kumbaya going on. And so my last job, it was amazing. We had each other's back. We understood each other's pain. We partnered all the time. We brought each other ideas left and right. And so when I came to Repsley, I knew I didn't want to lose that. So, you know, my relationship with our sales team, I think is, is like any relationship, like it's evolving all the time. I meet with our chief sales officer. We have a one-on-one once a week where we are just, you know, aligning, aligning, aligning. But then I meet with him and his team at least three to four times a week. And the things we cover on are various, you know, it could be pipeline, very functional conversations. It could be enablement. So how are we going to make you, you know, more successful out there? How, what do you guys need? Where are your gaps? So that's, we spend at least 30 to 60 minutes a week talking about enabling. And then I do skip level one-on-one so I can meet intimately understand the accounts that, that we're going to go after, you know, in our world, we're primarily account-based marketing. And so marketing is actually assigning the accounts to sales. We're the ones saying, here's the accounts we want you to work and here's why. But then we're like, okay, and now let's roll up our sleeves and let's go after X. And what do we know about them? And where are your gaps? And what stories can we tell together? And okay, let's go craft some of those stories. And so marketing is doing a lot of the pre-pipeline work. We're like designing, you know, outbound messaging and we're creating custom case studies for a certain, you know, prospect we're going after. We did the other day, we couldn't get this certain brand that we love to pay attention to us. And so I was like, guys, I'm going to go have somebody on Cameo that this prospect loves, like have them record a message for him and I'm going to send it to you. And then you're going to send it to the prospects. Like all they had to do was hit send on that email. And we did all the work to make sure that that whatever that note that was going out to that prospect was personal and meaningful and hopefully inspiring action. So we are just constantly partnering, but because we're constantly maneuvering into each other's territory, it's an evolution. You know, some sales folks on our team are looking to us to kind of help do a lot of that work for them and or partner with them on that. And others are like, I got it. I'm good. I got this. And we just make them aware of how, what we can do and how we can help them. And we give them all the air coverage. But I would say I've been given a lot of liberty to really roll up my sleeves and partner with our sales team in a way that supports each individual while also I've been given the opportunity to meet with them multiple times a week to align. And that sounds like it really comes down to the time in, right? I just think about like if sales and marketing had to do a choreographed dance and go and perform it, yeah, they would have to practice and meet up and put yeah. time in and totally. hey, oh, coach, see what's going on in front of the mirror. You just don't show up one day and expect the, the dance to go off without a hitch, unless it's yeah. the Macarena all-time top five. <laughs> yeah, <right>. but, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it's like time in matters with people, right? Yeah. And that yeah. kind of comes back to that first thing we talked about with like figuring out how to strengthen bonds through Zoom and remotely mm-hmm. and how do we do that? And But it really is that time in and getting to hear people one-on-one, yes. right? Yeah, hey, what do you one-on-one trust. That's exactly it. And I love it. I never thought I would, you know, when I went into marketing and SaaS, partnering with sales was like not even on my checklist of things that was a priority for me in my professional career. And now I won't go to a company where I can't 
have that opportunity to build like very powerful sales relationships. If that's not an option or if that's not an environment, I'm not going to go there because yeah. that's I, I get so much joy out of that. And when you're in those company structures where it's adversarial between yeah. sales and marketing and sales thinks like, oh, marketing, here comes arts and crafts department again and, and we're carrying the whole thing. It's like, yeah, right. you know, that sentiment is always- Oh, for sure it exists. <laughs> just not going to be anywhere I go. Yep. I'll just- I'll be taking a hike as soon as that. Yeah. But I am finding more and more that marketing and sales are blending at more at smart and, you know, we're fast growing and that's not a coincidence. Like we're a very agile team and we're working very agilely and trying to go after the market. And I think the way that we're being so fluid and flexible and meeting each other where it works is part of why we're growing quickly. And it's that recognition, right? We're on the same team. We're yeah. on the same yeah. team. Here's the yeah. goal. No ego on this. There's definitely no, I mean, maybe there's more ego on the sales side, but there's there's very little ego in marketing, I feel. That's just my experience. My teams, they're proud of their work, but there's not a ton of ego attached to it. Yeah, it's interesting. I've seen both sides of that coin. I would say mostly yes, but then you do get a CD sometime who's like, Oh, oh no, I'm not changing. talking about agency life. There's so <laughs> oh, much yeah. ego in agency. Yeah, life. we're not changing the art or whatever. Oh it's my like, gosh. No, we're changing it. Put the make the font bigger so the customer can read it. Like, <laughs> let's go. Ship it. <laughs> yeah, I don't miss those egos. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, so real. Um, yeah, I, I love it though. And I think that you're right. This is what's evolving. Like it's one, hey, we're on the same team. Let's put the time in together. Yeah. And let's make this company go. We're all yeah. proud. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, when people are like, oh, work's, you know, not part of your, like work and life, they're separate. I'm like, no, they're so intertwined. What's the first yeah. thing somebody asks you when you're at a cocktail party? Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> like, and people want to be proud of their job. Of so course. Let's yeah. build an environment where they can be, you know? Totally agree. I'm 100% on the same page. Amazing. So now, Kayla, before I let you go, let people know, one, where they can connect with you online, and two, give us the elevator pitch and where they can learn about Repsley. Yeah, cool. Yeah, just hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm on there. And I don't do the tweets or the anything else. <laughs> and, you know, Repsley is a pretty fast-going CPG tech company. So we help consumer brands execute in retail. And so, yeah, you can go learn all about us. We have tons of amazing brands that we're so proud to work with. Kraft, Dyson, Vitacoco, some amazing shoewear brands. Any brands that really care about their retail presence and want to control it through their field team should be using something like Repsley. So just head up to Repsley. That's R-E-P-S-L-Y.com. Amazing. And I'll put links to both Repsley awesome. and to Caitlin's LinkedIn in the show notes so y'all can go connect with her. Cool. Um, Thanks again for coming on. This is awesome. Thanks. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you later.